The Banny Jew, Asphalt Herod is a clear show, and here declares a strange show, Jeshachle. She Fiona McCardle Mish, I'm Fiona McCardle, as we launch a new series of Shachle. In Shachle this week, on Shachle and Kirt Show, Lal Mora Toji, the principal feast day of Mary, celebrated on the 15th of August, but that date is yet to come in the old style calendar. As Kraj and Chloe, Nemea Nation, and Stone Crosses of the Medieval Period. We hear from Sarah Goodwins about her publication, Cross Purposes, an introduction to medieval Manx crosses. On survival, Van Mora na Benneg J. Nazareth, Henk de Vesheja de Joseph, as Mor de Yisa. Rear Credu Christi, Henki de Ve Torach les Yisa, through the Spirit Nu. Trevi fos na modjan. Tana sostilan rea nu mayan as nu luk gre de rawi fos na modjan. Ta enem gregach er son, Theotokos. Ta shen de gre, imarkach ye. Shen ye ton de velim re jen vodjan vora na smenka on sa koran na on sa chonent noa. On shen ta ehenem mariam as te gre de veli yan nen smu since the early days of Christianity, Mary has been venerated by many, particularly as an intercessor, to plead the supplicant's cause. The role of Mary in many Protestant traditions is smaller, apart from her as the mother of Jesus. Nevertheless, here in the island, the 15th of August is celebrated as Lal Mora Toji, the principal feast day of Mary. She has an important place in the Diocese of Sodor and Man. The Dean of St German's Cathedral is the very Reverend Nigel Godfrey. And standing at the deanery, a striking feature of it, is above the door. But what is that officially? Is it a coat of arms, an insignia, an emblem... Yes, it's a coat of arms and it uh, portrays, well, I would say Mary, but this is a disputed by some. Um, uh, it displays Mary between two pillars and standing on a series of steps, uh, which is the coat of arms of the Diocese of Sodrum Man. Uh, but you'll see that this one doesn't have a mitre on top, so it represents the, the cathedral uh, rather than the bishop and the, and the diocese in that sense. But for a diocese of the Church of England to yeah. have St Mary as such a central figure is perhaps unusual. Yes, I think it is. Uh, and it, it's certainly from the Middle Ages. It, it, it appears that, that, the, that it represents Mary. Some have argued that it might have been Bridget, and some yet others have argued that it might have been a bishop called maybe somebody like Samson because of the two oh, pillars either side, either side. Mm. but um, we're quite very comfortable with it being Mary <laughs> Yes, there are many dedications in the diocese to St Mary obviously there are. Uh, pre-Reformation most of them, but they were, they've been continued Yes, they have uh, uh, the particularly important of course were the Cistercian houses on the island mm. and Cistercian houses tend to be dedicated to St Mary and uh, Russian Abbey was no exception, and Douglas Priory also dedicated to Bridget. Mm. Yes, people associate that with uh, with Bridget fr- from later on, but in fact, 
the early records show the monks moving there for several years. And then in Castletown itself, not so far away, uh, St Mary's well represented again. Well, yes, uh, it, it is uh, in in the ancient grammar school. It's called the grammar school, isn't it? Grammar That's school, dedicated right. to Mary. Uh, and and um, then the the church itself. And, and of course, the modern, ch- relatively modern, Victorian church in Ballasalla is obviously dedicated to Mary and mm. is loosely called the Abbey Church, too. Mm. And there are others like uh, St Mary de Balaf and so on. And we can hardly overlook Port St. Mary. No, we can't. <laughs> no, um, Mary's a very a common uh, uh, a dedication on, on the Isle of Man. Mm. And uh, huge numbers, really, of sites dedicated to Mary. Yeah. Lal Muratoshi, it is in the Isle of Man, yes, the indeed. principal feast day of Mary, yeah. on the 15th. Of- yeah, well, it is a, still a principal feast day. And uh, in the Catholic Church, it's the Feast of the Assumption of of Our Lady, and in the Orthodox Church, the Dormition. Uh, different Anglican churches use different titles, and some u- use the title Dormition and Assumption f- for that service when they uh, celebrate it together, yes. Mm. It's about Mary ascending into heaven and being there with God, basically, mm. yes, with all the saints. In the work that you've been carrying out at the cathedral now, uh, you have included a statue of St Mary, which has an interesting history in itself. Yes, uh, the statue of St Mary originally stood in association with the Sacred Heart at Pull Rose. It's made of Carrara marble, and for years it kind of stood rather neglected in a corner of St Matthew's Church, actually, and during its time there it lost its hands so we were given it and we've erected it in the garden and in fact in the the abbey garden which is the 13th century garden and has a replica in that garden of the cloister which is the exact same footprint of russian abbey and that by coincidence happens to be able to fit within it a, a labyrinth uh, which is a, a full-sized replica of the one at Chartres Cathedral, uh, just south of Paris. But the statue itself, is, is, which stands in that area, is really quite interesting because we've kind of made use of the fact that she's got no hands and they're broken off. Um, so it, it kind of, for us, tells three things. Firstly, that the Cistercian Abbey of, of Russian Abbey was dedicated to Mary... Secondly, uh, that um, the Reformation, there was huge destruction of uh, all sorts of figures and icons and so on. And we put the prayer of St. Teresa of Avila next to it, which is about um, Christ has no hands but ours, no feet but ours, no eyes but ours, and so on. So it's a kind of a play on all those things and, and a statement uh, about uh, Mary's importance, really, in the history of the Isle of Man. Good morning. Thank you. The Very Reverend Nigel Godfrey, Dean of St Germans Cathedral. Apart from the well-known dedications in Pertlamora and at Russian Abbey, for example, there are places where perhaps the dedication has been forgotten. 
I'm here in Onken looking down over the steep brew towards the top of the Manx Electric Railway Depot. Now, if I turn round, I have St Anthony's Church here in Onken, dedicated to St Anthony of Padua. To the left of the church, there's Ridgeway Road going up, and we're going to walk up that way a little bit. So walking up behind St Anthony's Roman Catholic Church, and we come to St Anthony's Pastoral Centre. Coming up a little bit further past the St Anthony's Pastoral Centre, on our right now, we have the Lord's Grotto. This was an initiative of Father James McGrath, a long-serving parish priest from 1939 to his death in 1982. Now, I know the area because my aunt and uncle used to live a couple of houses up from the entrance to the park here, just above the Lord's Grotto. And at the back of their garden, there was a small streamlet running down, only about a foot wide, 18 inches, that's 30 to 45 centimetres. But it ran down and then came across the road here into the precincts of the Lord's Grotto. Well, the connection of the Virgin Mary and Lourdes is obvious, but less obvious is why Father McGrath should have built this grotto here in Onken. The answer is in that little stream that ran down there. That little watercourse is Struanawurra, Mary's streamlet. That watercourse runs down to the right-hand side of the grotto as you look down towards it, to a well, Chivarawurra, St Mary's Well. This Chivarawurra is similar to other wells with a similar dedication in the island in being said to have curative properties. Here's writer and journalist Sue Woolley in Ramsey. We're just off May Hill and on my left as I'm sitting here there's the new development that Ramsey Commissioners are building of brand new apartments for their tenants and prior to that the Mayfield estate was there that's been demolished and there was also a little close called Close Wurra reflecting the fact that we're close to the well. Mm. We're in the Coronation Park which is very popular with children especially during the school holidays and the commissions are very good they're always updating the play equipment so it's always first rate and in good order and then tucked away on the it'll be the south side we have um, a well like a wishing well and unfortunately there's no actual well to drop any coins into there was at one time but it's been closed in and it looks like a children's Jack and Jill from straight out of Jack and Jill went up the hill to see the well. Mm. Yeah. This area is st- still quite boggy at times and uh, that reflects the fact that it was an important source of water. Well this is documented going way back that the Chibberawurra or Mary's Well was there was a public right of way running to it and at one time it supplied the all of the inhabitants of Ramsey and P.W. Kane the journalist and historian and poet, in his history of St Mary's Church, Belour, suggested that there had once been a keel where the well stands, although there's no evidence of that today. There's no evidence really of the well either, is there, unfortunately? Unfortunately not. It's been closed in, and whether that dated back to when the park was laid out in 1930s, celebrating the 1937 coronation 
then it, I think probably this well covering um, has been erected then. Um, up until then, it would be a natural spring coming out of the ground. All around it was quite boggy. And there's a wonderful story that in around 1860, a brewer named John Lane, who had taken over the long-established Tower Street Brewery, appropriated the Chibrawurra water for his own use by channelling the water through a pipe to a well right by the Tower Street Brewery, which is several hundred yards away. A public pump en route was where the people used to go uh, to have their household water. They'd bring their buckets along and draw the water from there. And the overflow ran into a basin which was also open for public use. Then about 10 years after this, in the summer of 1870, it was very dry. And by August, the town commissioners were having to take steps to ensure that there was sufficient water for the inhabitants, as the waterworks company couldn't provide enough. So the commissioners had for many years connived with Mr Lane, the brewer's illegal action. But now they took him to court in an effort to have the well at the spring restored. And although the court ruled that Mr Lane had acted irregularly, it was considered prudent by the commissioners to abide by the arrangements he had made in creating the brewery well. And as his advocate pointed out, the water which people now took from the brewery well was cleaner when it flowed through the trench in the meadow. (laughs) And that meadow has been called the Captain's Meadow. Now, which captain would that be? Well... I looked in Constance Radcliffe's book, Shining by the Sea, and I think it refers to Captain Christian. There was a very prominent family at that time called Christians of the Flat, F-L-A-T-T, and they owned large area around here. It was part of the Ballastola estate. Um, I think that will be the captain, Captain's mm. Meadow. Mm. It was known as the Captain's Meadow up until the time it became Coronation Park. Ballastola is quite a way away, really, isn't it? We're talking about up above the waterworks, and uh, here we are down in Ramsey. And in by the courthouse, isn't that uh, the flat? That's the flat as well. Mm. Well, if you think about the Milltown estate, we think now it's just a few fields and woodland round about the Milltown house, but actually it extends for miles. Mm. Yeah. So Mm. there were big landowners in those days, very rich and powerful people. Mm. And this was described by the commissioners when they were talking about it as the Chiwurrawurra estate. Uh, so it's, it's quite interesting that they referred to the, the whole area in terms of Chiwurrawurra. That's right. Well, this again is the reference, Wurra meaning the Manx word for Mary. And one does wonder whether there is the connection with St Mary's Belour Church. Chiwurrawurra had the reputation of having healing powers, curative properties... And writing in the middle of the 1900s, Maxwell Fraser, in his book In Praise of Manxland, says, Near the Ramsey Parsonage is the Chibberwurra, which was used until a few years ago for divination and love charms, special herbs being dropped into the water in weaving the spells. (laughs) And then we have an anonymous writer who said, There is a field on Ballastole, Below Hillside, a well called Chibberwurra. It was considered to possess peculiar healing properties, and sick folk used to make a point of sending for the water. And our well known poet, Josephine Kermode Cushig, 
actually wrote a poem about it. And she described the healing powers of the Chibarawura water. So I'll read that for you now. My mother, lying weak and spent, cried out to me, her daughter, Oh, for a drink of Mary's well, sweet Chibarawura water. Among the meadows, green and low, I sought in every quarter, till Lily Watson showed to me the well of healing water. My mother's blessing on you rest for this sweet draught you've brought her. Oh, I'm the one, she said, that knows of Chibarawura water, but Ramsey folk have nigh forgot among their bricks and mortar what virtues dwell in Mary's well and the Chibarawura water. Sue Woolley telling us about Chibarawara in Ramsey and Kushuk's poem Chibarawara Walter. William Walter Gill's first Manx scrapbook refers to eight other wells from Jerby to Port St Mary dedicated to St Mary. There are so many places with a dedication to Mary here in the island that it's not possible to cover them all. But the principal feast day of Mary, Lal Mora Toji, was celebrated on the 15th of August or, coming up shortly, on the old-style calendar. At 7.45 this evening, Thursday the 20th of August, you can go along to St Catherine's Church in Port Erin for a concert by Gareth Moore and Friends. It's free admission with a retiring collection. At 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, the 22nd of August, Karen Corkle will be giving a presentation in St Peter's Church, Onken, about the life and times of Molly Carouin. The afternoon includes a sparkling afternoon tea, and tickets cost £10. They're available from Patricia on 432-231, or from Elaine on 497-712, or you can find St Peter's Church Facebook page. On Sunday the 23rd of August at the Erin Arts Centre, Kirj and Kujak present Green Hills by the Sea, performing songs mainly in Manx, some traditional, some newly composed, with some songs in English, all linked to places around the island, with poetry from the 5th Manx bard, Annie Kizik. Tickets are £6, but only £2 for under-18s, and it starts at 7.30pm. Next Wednesday, the 26th of August, there will be an acoustic concert in the Sailor's Shelter on the Quayside in Peel, and that's from 7.30 to 10 o'clock. Entrance is free, but a donation to charity would be very welcome. Teas and coffees are available, or bring your own refreshments. And you can also pick up a voucher for a two-for-one chippy deal. That's all as well as enjoying the music. Also on Wednesday the 26th of August, St Thomas's Church in Douglas will be having the second in its series of summer concerts, playing host to the Londu Male Voice Choir. The concert begins at 7.45 and admission is free, with a retiring collection in aid of the church. Tajikan duen red vana oigen jaislai as tad granit leslinachen perge mer krajen imli fiella mer arn jajashinach kochast 
as Perjo les Jolowen Granit Oru. Va imadi Jo nun shadu mui foen spare rish orna region, na kainolt rish kyaltina in the hellen. Ach tada vechotra hele uns kius genus gilen, erinor da berg shenna sochado. Machold has a special shelter which was built in 1906 at the instigation of Philip Moore Callow Kermode to protect its collection of carved stone crosses. The Lichgate at Kirkmichael Church was constructed in 1907 for the same purpose, but the Kirkmichael stones were later moved for greater protection inside the church itself. Much has been done in research since the time of PMC Kermode and his great work the Art of the Manx Crosses, in 1907. Sarah Goodwins of Lochten Books has recently published an illustrated book about them. Well, Sarah Goodwins, your latest publication is about the Manx Crosses. What was it about the crosses that uh, drew you to it as a subject to cover? Well, I found them very interesting, but I also found that the literature that was available on them is all very highbrow and quite complicated and, frankly, a bit muddly if you don't know what you're doing with them, really. So I thought a lot of people might be interested and I could possibly do something that was more of an introduction, more of a... I don't want to say a simplification because that sounds rude, but less muddly and with pictures of the crosses that I'm talking about rather than referring to some weighty tome that... is a bit heavy to wade through. Well, here in the Machel Cross House, which is one of the largest assemblages of the crosses here, what is it about the crosses particularly that you find interesting? I th- I like the way they're a window to um, the history, if you like, because there are a lot of crosses with names on them, and you can actually think, well, that person was here 500 years ago. I mean, for example, on the, the back wall, there's a, a cross that's... Um, got a Latin inscription on it saying Brunhui brought water to this place and it was found here in Mackled and of course Mackled was a, a very large monastery so I like to think that he was a medieval plumber who provided the water through a conduit to, to the Mackled monastery and I think that's lovely that you can actually have that immediate relationship with someone who, who died 500 years ago. And on the wall there there's a, a long piece I think relates to John the Priest Yes, it does. It was found up the coronary, and it was found in the wall of the keel up there, so it it actually indicates that he might have been the priest of that church, which again is lovely. It says, yes, Christ, Malachi, Patrick and Adanum, but of all the sheep is Jewan priest in Cornerdale. Yes, it's difficult to know whether he was being guilty of the sin of pride there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, it's, it's, it is difficult, isn't it? I mean, you know, if, if, if he is the priest and he has got a big congregation, he might like to let people know that he has, but equally it's, it, it isn't really um, modest, the modesty that you would expect from a priest. Or perhaps he's just saying that uh, there aren't any parishioners, there's only sheep. <laughs> and you tell this in your book, which is called? Cross Purposes. Um, it's uh, it, we, we were our timing wasn't very good because we published it just before lockdown, so it was out for a whole three days before everything stopped. But it's still available. Um, it, it costs five ninety five. It's 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 illustrated. Obviously, one of the things we tried to do is illustrate every cross that we talked about, so that if people were interested, because as I said at the beginning, I find it slightly muddly sometimes. But if you've got a picture, you can actually walk round and find the cross and think, oh, that's the one. Um, bookshops all over the island have it. Lexicon, Bridge Bookshop, uh, the Book Company, Manx National Heritage have got copies, so it, it is available if people are interested. Mm. As George must have had some problems uh, photographing them, because I mean he's a he's a big man and uh, <laughs> to manoeuvre himself into some of the spaces that are, are available. With the, around these crosses, yes, I was um, 
extremely impressed with the um, contortions that he got up to to try and photograph some of these crosses because although they're very well protected, they are actually put together fairly closely and if you're trying to get a photograph of one that's behind another one, it is quite difficult. But he, he did manage and he's done a very good job, I think. Yes, and the other thing about them, I suppose, is with being a lot of them in low relief is finding the light conditions that actually will bring that out. Yes, well, we're fortunate that we, we live in Mackle, or we live in Mackle Parish, so it's not too far to come to somewhere like the Mackle Cross House to, at, at different times of the day to get the right lighting. It's sometimes a bit more of a trek to get to sort of Onken and um, Bride and Kirk Michael, but, but again, it's, it's a case of doing it properly. If you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. Sarah mm. Goodwin's author of Cross Purposes, An Introduction to Medieval Manx Crosses, published by Lochten Books and available now at £5.95. And more from Sarah next week. Lochnish, how does to show Jera and Claire show? She tojat yes, James Strain, no show je Shachlai. That's it for this first edition of Shachlai as we launch a new series. So join us again next time. Until then... From me, Dara Shen, Vaughan Fiona McCardle, Slen Yu.